0: Here's Nani, he can hit with him here, and he does, yeah. brilliant! The take on two, a brief pass to, and a third, wonderful work by Nani!
1: Anderson for Nani, is terrific, it's Nani! Oh, what a goal! And Nani
0: gets away from company. Nani can win it for Manchester United, and surely has done.
2: Nani picks up the loose ball, and will try
0: his luck, oh, what a
3: goal! What a goal by Nani, and a celebration to match!
0: Hello and welcome to another United Podcast. I'm Sam and as always, Helen and Mazier here with us. Well, no, we're doing this over a video call because obviously we're all still in lockdown, but we are still making some good stuff for you, hopefully. And today I think is going to be another good one. We've had lots of recommendations for this person. We are going to be joined by Nanny speaking to us from Orlando. How cool is that?
1: Yes, very exciting. Although you two were wanting to plan a trip to Orlando. I'm actually quite glad that didn't happen because I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been able to leave Eli because he's too small.
2: You could have actually joined us like this.
1: I could have. But me and Sam
2: would have been on Nanny's balcony
0: supping a a Cuba Libra and you'd have been in (laughs) your house, in the kitchen.
1: With a crying
2: feeling. Which is, I'm gutted.
0: Yeah. I imagine when it all, um, everything works up again and and people are free to travel. I imagine Maisie will be going somewhere.
2: I am actually going to Orlando in... October, playing golf.
0: You hope. Well, I hope, yeah. I was supposed yeah. to be going to
2: Pebble Beach, but obviously because of what's going on.
1: You could catch up with Nanny in Orlando if he's still I there. I with Nanny, I can. Because yeah. I'm sure you'll be friends after this, like Sam's friends at Schoolsy.
0: As everybody oh. knows. As everybody yeah. knows, we're great friends.
1: <laughs> friends. I'm looking forward to this one, though.
0: Yeah, me too. Champions League winner, scored a penalty in the Champions League final, which must have been super nervous. Um, and of course... You spent so long just being constantly compared to Ronaldo which I'm sure at some point must have been a bit annoying.
1: Especially when people keep bringing it up, Sam. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly, Helen. I
0: totally agree with you. Yeah. Did you ever have that, Maisie? Did people ever compare you to anybody? No. One off? One and only. Yeah. Pele? No, I just, you know. I don't know if anybody else heard that but producer Matt just interrupted to say Pele.
2: <laughs> well, Pele's never won the uh, European Cup or Premier League as a FA Cup. No. No, no he hasn't, Maisie. No.
1: Can't even compare the two, to be honest. No, exactly.
2: <laughs> Chocolate
0: and cheese. As we found out in our WhatsApp, you have met him.
2: Yeah, you have met him. I have met him, yes. Yeah, he came into the uh, Players' Lounge a few years ago, and oh, I don't know, about 97, say, a few years ago. About 97 he came in.
1: Have you met Nanny, though?
2: No, I haven't. Never, ever come across him. Looking at the notes, I think it's going to be a really, really top podcast mm-hmm. because we've had so many players on the podcast recently who've had tough upbringings.
0: And I think Nanny might be another one. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting, not in in any kind of morbid sense, but from the psychology behind it as to how people can go from situations that certainly I haven't experienced, but seem on the outside so difficult and then can go on to lead lives that are so extraordinary and sort of polar opposite to how they started. It's just got to be in the mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you need the talent obviously, but to be able to get through all that and still make it. Yeah. Amazing. yeah,
1: Incredible story.
0: Yeah, I think that's
2: what makes you to become a footballer. You're, you're that 1% yeah. with that determination and
0: drive. All right, should we get him on then? Okay, so on the podcast now is somebody we've been desperate to get on for a long, long time. And we're really excited about it, but ever so slightly gutted because we were planning a team trip to Orlando, but it doesn't matter because we've now got Nanny with us. Nanny, how are you? I'm
3: very good. Thank you for your invitation for this uh, interview. Uh, it's nice to see you all. And I miss a lot uh, Manchester. And for sure, I will have the opportunity and see a lot of friends and join for a. Fantastic atmosphere in our uh, amazing stadium. Because I miss that kind of uh, atmosphere there.
1: Oh, you're missed, Nanny, here too. What's life like in Orlando? Then are you enjoying it there?
3: Our life here is it's nice. Uh, obviously, uh, at this time, it's almost the same for everyone. We all are home. We must stay safe. But yeah, it's the weather is is, is lovely. Uh, things helps helps a little bit more. People can sit outside in the garden if you have and train. Um, you have a little bit more motivation, but yes, um, the great uh, it's great life here. But like I said, at this moment um, we are a little bit frustrated and anxious to 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 get back on your normal life.
1: What what's what part um, of the season is the MLS at at the moment?
3: We play just two games at the beginning of the season and from there we
1: stopped because of the pandemic. Are you allowed to go out and about or do you have to just stay stay in your homes, in your gardens? Are you allowed to go out and exercise outside? I try to,
3: to train, exercise outside in my in my garden, but sometimes I go close to my uh, neighbourhood, have a park there where uh, I can run a little bit more on the biggest space and do some exercise there.
0: So we'd like to spend the next hour or so while we're all here talking through your incredible football career, talking through memories of your time at United, lots of highs some lows, but I think we'll have a great time, but we'll start if it's all right with you at the very beginning. Obviously we all know you're from Portugal. You were born in Lisbon, but what some people won't know is that at the start of what was an incredible story of your career, but also your life is that your father left when you were five, right? And then your mother left when you were 12 and you were raised by your aunt.
3: Yeah, it's quite like that, it's not exactly, but um, yeah, my father left uh, when I was five. He he, he had to go to to Cape Verde, and the time he wanted to come back, um, he had some problem with this um, ID. I was growing up with my brother, he's five years older than me, and my other sisters. After a couple of years, my mother was, because of the situation of the life, she had to change the house, and where she was living, I didn't like. I, I, I always preferred to stay in the same place where I was born, with my friends, with my cousins, and then I was staying in my auntie's house every day till late, and one day I started thinking and sleep there. From the first day, I slept there in her, her house, she was let me stay. So for um, one year, I was living with them because my choice, I wanted to be close to where I used to train on my team, Real Masama, and to my neighborhood, my friends, where I grew up.
0: So even though lots of people won't necessarily relate to that story of not being with both of their parents, did you still enjoy your childhood? And did you feel like it was a happy childhood?
3: Yes course i think i had everything a kid wants to have space to run a lot of green area to discover with a friend we used to to walk a lot of miles we had space to create our own ways to enjoy our days as you see now all the kids they, they don't like to go out they like to stay on ipads and phones on on the internet and at that time we used to love to be outside and invent games, play football. was the best thing we could do on that time. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, I enjoyed a lot of my, my time when I was a kid with my friends. Uh, it was so special. And sometimes I, I remember beautiful moments. I'm always happy what uh, I've done in the past and the person I became. And some people say it was hard moments. But for me, I tell you, the truth was happy moments. That was the motivation for me at this moment, say, was very helpful to to be who I am today.
2: You get the. I think it was your elder sister that gave you the name nanny. Yeah. How did that come about?
3: Yeah, because she she used to take care of me. Uh, she was uh, one of the, the older sisters, and every time my my mother used to go out to work, and uh, she was the one who was uh, take care of me and give me the food, and uh, she she.
2: She became the nanny.
3: Yeah. <laughs> And she, every time she wanted, uh, she made my, um, I don't know, what this, the, 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 um, we say in Portuguese, we say Papa. Yeah. And she was giving to, to me and the same time, the second one obviously was for her and she Papa chi Papa me and uh, Papa Nani, Papa me. And, um, the name becomes from there, you know, every day. If I was out, she wanted to call me.
1: I say, nanny, come here, nanny.
3: <laughs>
2: That's brilliant.
1: Does anyone call you by your real name, or does all of your family call you nanny?
3: No, my mother. My mother always Louis, but yeah. when she called me Louis, it's because something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you always love football from a very young age? Did you play in the streets with your friends?
3: I tell you the truth, it's, um, my brother, who uh, I grew up together with him is five years older than me, and he was a fantastic uh, player. We was kids, but uh, he was the one who was replaced the the, the the place of my father. He was teaching me everything, but I can tell he was very hard teacher. <laughs> he was beating me every time, <laughs> but uh, he was teaching me a lot of things and he became my idol at that time. Today, I know without him, <sighs> I would become half of what I am today. He teach me how to play. He teach me how never to give up, to be hard and to push myself, to believe. He put me to fight with other kids. Uh, he said he gave me food. He said, if you want to be strong, you want more muscles, you want to, to beat the other kid, you must eat all of what I put here on the plate. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like to eat at that time. I was very skinny. He had a, a lot of uh, motivation to make me believe I always could be better and then I improve a lot with him so sometimes when we are together with other friends and other brothers they remember some of the funniest uh, moments I had with him and he just laughed but you know <laughs> you know and that time he was strong with me. but now if you ask him to be the same probably it will not do you know yeah. <laughs> because with this son he cannot be like that yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. he's softer now which team in Lisbon was the, the team that you supported as a child
3: when I was a baby they say and then I, I, I pretend that it's not true my brother and uh, my father they were saying that time he was saying it was Benfica
1: Benfica
3: I always say no 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 that's not true because <laughs> the sporting fans they cannot hear that <laughs> yeah Yeah.
1: we won't tell them and, uh,
3: this my brother is a fanatic Porto fan it convinced me one time in my life to be uh, a, a Porto supporter uh, because Porto was winning every, every season. Yeah. So well, I remember one day Porto won the, the league and there was like six guys. My brother was there and they were singing, running up, down and saying uh, Porto can, uh, champion, Benfica, horrible. And my brother said, come on, come on. You see, Porto is the best. Look, look, everyone is happy. Come on. What is the best, come on, come on. And then I looked at him and I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started singing with them. <laughs> and uh, after I grew up and I had the opportunity to join the team of uh, juniors of Sporting. And from there, I had my passion from Sporting. I learned how to love that club because they give me a lot. They protect me, they teach me. They give all the possibilities to be who I am today. It was very difficult at the beginning when I arrived to Sporting. I had no uh, document, nationality, Portuguese nationality. And then they helped me because they wanted me to play. And uh, from there until today, my team in Portugal, the first one in, in, in the world is in sporting. And Manchester, all as I say, is sporting because I grew up there. They gave me all the condition and Manchester because Manchester gave me all the trophies, all the name and
2: yeah.
3: everything, you know? <laughs> I like that.
2: Nani, did you actually play... Sporting one day, Benfica the next day, training.
3: Yes. yes. How did
2: how did how did, you, how did you do that? Explain that one.
3: Because I arrived to the time where one friend looks to me and said, "Hey, if you really want to be some, someone or if you want to be to, the, to play in a better club or to reach the professional, you must go out of your team uh, this year because I was 16. And the clubs never came to buy junior because junior is 17, 17, 18. Yeah. I listened that and then I put in my head, I'm, I, I I need to go to trials in, in everywhere, the in better club. So I went to Benfica. I had a friend there, Manuel Fernandez, and then I was training one day. But I had my best friend who was training in sporting. And then I saw him one day going, and then I said, maybe next day I will train with you there. But I didn't need that because sporting in the last week of uh, uh, the season we played last game and then after the last game we received a, a letter saying me and my teammate we have to go for a trial for a one week trial in the in sporting so i was doing one day in benfica like tuesday and wednesday and thursday was uh, in in sporting <laughs> and nobody was giving me the answer so i was training 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 and my best friends, they was getting frustrated because they wanted me to sign with the club, and they was asking me, so they don't say nothing to you. And I see other players signing. Why? But this guy is crazy. Why? Is this crazy. And then uh, one day Sporting came to me, the, the the coach, and then he told me, Oh, Nani, you you are a great player, but uh, we don't have condition to keep you because the team is full. We have the younger lads is coming up, and we have the older ones. who will stay one more year. So. The maximum we can do to you is you can train with us on the preseason and you go back to your team, you will be more strong and then you will join more your, your league. I didn't want to be rude with the coach. So I said, yes, yes, I, I can do that. But the other side, I had been Fika, didn't give me nothing. Didn't tell me nothing. So finished the, the session, so they didn't say nothing. I went to vacation. And one day, Sporting text me and they say, Nani, can you present on this day? At 10 in the morning, I said, okay, for sure. And the, after two hours, Benfica texted me the same thing. Can you present in this day, was the same day of sporting at the same time? <laughs> and then I had a difficult uh, uh, choice to, to make because sporting told me already, I'm not going to stay in sporting. It's just to go there and train. Mm-hmm. But Benfica didn't say nothing. But I, I decided to, to choose for sporting because I had, so much friends there I made so much friends there on the time I went to train there and then I went to sporting I started training for one month and then after one month the coach came to me and he said oh I knew you want to stay here <laughs> and then I looked to him I said what? yes we are talking with your team we, we think we're going to get the letter it will be possible for you to play for us
0: that must have been amazing I was very happy yeah
3: I couldn't believe that moment so it was great
1: and it wasn't long, you weren't in the youth team for that long before you made your first appearance in the first team? It
3: was two seasons. Yeah. Two
1: seasons. And whenever you finally finally joined the first team and made your debut, that must have been uh, an unbelievable experience for you and your family.
3: Yes, it was, was great when they called me up to the preseason with the first team because they had in that club so many young, great players and promises with a contract. And uh, when I arrived there with a lot of situations, everyone was not expecting me to be so fast in the first team. And then I was the first one who be called to be uh, with the first team during the preseason. And then from there, when I arrived to the first team, was everything was so fast. The games, playing a friendly game, even keep me on the team during the season.
0: It feels like even just listening to it that all of this happened to you so quickly and and one minute your brother's telling you to eat your dinner and the next minute you're you're signing for Sporting Lisbon we've spoken to some of your former teammates like Dimitar Berbatov and Patrice Evra and uh, and they've come from backgrounds like you that from the outside look like they would be more challenging and more difficult to the world that most of us experience. But the way you speak is similar to them in that focus on only the positives, use anything that seems like a negative just as uh, fuel to push you and make you more determined and focus on your football and your passion. How much do you think of your success? And I guess generally footballer's success comes from the mindset or how much do you think is talent? I think everyone
3: has his own talent. Uh, everyone has got something make you different than others. But the important thing is what you really want and what you have to do to reach that. Obviously, I made I made a lot of mistakes, but every player has a God who protects him for him to arrive there. Every time you made the good decisions, if you don't go on the wrong way to do something who can take you out of your dream, you will be okay. And me, I always try to be honest with me and with the people who are around me. I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of bad things. But I always try to be honest. If you come to ask me, I'll never say, no, no, I didn't do that. Yes, I will say, yes, I did. But there is a reason why I did. And then because I was saying the truth, my way was always open. Mm -hmm. And some guys, some friend of mine, they tried to be clever. They tried to be, to don't say the truth of, don't be honest, and when people say that, they block you, and they pull you away, or in the college, where you cannot go out, or in the prison, I don't know, sometimes, <laughs> I had a lot of friends, they are in the prison, it's true, but uh, I had uh, a posture, of people look to me and say, oh, it's, uh, how, uh, how you say, innocent, you know, Yeah. you don't have uh, bad intention, even at the school, sometimes I was at the school, and I was waiting for the time to go fast for me to go to my training session. And I was asking my teacher, I said, uh, teacher, can I go a little bit early? Because, you know, I, I have to train and uh, it's far. I must go walk and I don't want to be late. And it's, it's just 10 minutes to finish the, the, the lesson. Can I go? And then she looks to me and says, yeah, you can go. And one day she came to me and she said, hey, you are very good. Why you don't go to a team, of Sporting, or Benfica? said, I have a team already. It's not Sporting Benfica, it's Real Mosama, but I play already for a team. Oh, okay, okay, that's why you are good. And this teacher, she was a teacher of my brother before, <laughs> in the primary. It was very funny. And she knew my brother, she knew my brother was good as well, and that was helping me a lot as well.
0: Brilliant awesome. amazing I saw you nodding along then. We all have problems at school, but
2: it's, it's, it's exactly what Nanny says. You know, if you try to cut corners, you know, eventually you'll get caught out and you've got to do everything right. It's so true. So coming up to 06-07, you have a fantastic season and then all of a sudden you're getting linked to Manchester United. Yeah. What was the, what was, what was the feelings there when you when you first hear that Manchester United's uh, knocking at the door for you?
3: I tell you, I have a lot of stories. I, if well, tell us. I could stay here for <laughs> a day, a week. <laughs> it's very funny. You know, I went in Manchester before a couple of years before, three, four years before. I was uh, I was a junior. Eight, uh, it's like seventeen years old, and we went to England to do pre-season. And I don't know. I don't remember where we were training. Uh, the coach came one day and said, "If you guys do well, we are preparing a tour in at Old Trafford." And everyone was, wow, I'll try no, wow. And um, the day we went there, we went to inside the museum and there was a challenge games to see who have the hardest shoot and give you the numbers. I was there kicking every time. <laughs> I can tell you it was one of the hardest shoots at that time, very young. And they were saying, okay, now we have a special moment. We are going to the dressing room where the players sit and they change before the game. And then we was very excited. We said, oh my God, no, 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 no. They're gigs. Oh, Cristiano, oh. Big players, Beckham, oh, I played here before. And um, I went there inside. I remember I sit and there was a guy who was giving the tour to us. And then he said, Cristiano, sit here. gigs sit here. And then we were sitting there and, said, <laughs> and doing this. Oh, they sit here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I hope one day, one day, i will sit here one day i will be here and it's funny because after i don't know probably five years yeah five years i was there and um was amazing because my teammates they was the one who remembered that not me because when i arrived there and after a couple of weeks a month some of my friends they was calling me i say you said you want to be there Do you remember when we was going there, what we was talking about in that moment? I couldn't remember that. And there was a for me. And it was amazing. It was incredible.
1: That is an incredible story. Uh, did Did you believe in yourself that much at that time that you would be there in a few years? You don't remember saying it to your friends, but did you believe in yourself that that would happen? Yes.
3: You know, there is certain ways you tell your friends that sometimes you you know who you are you know you are nobody when you are young you how I'm gonna get there because life changes so fast the opportunities and that was I don't know if you know the game when Manu and I won 2-1 Bayern Munich and the final yeah.
0: yeah yeah yeah, of course yeah I
3: remember I have a situation with my uh, another friend I think he lives in England now the game was on and then we run to the uh, one cafe And we get in to watch the game was the last minute. Good timing. And then I remember me to say to him, that's my team. (laughs) (laughs) I will be in that team. That's my team. Look. Yeah, I remember that. So sometimes the things come out of your mouth. You don't have idea what you are saying, but probably you are saying because you just feel and you want to say, Mm -hmm. but come on because have a reason, you know? And uh, so many things happened in the past and a couple of years. It uh, makes sense, you
0: know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did it feel like when you first started hearing rumours and maybe you spoke to your agent or the club? Because in England, we saw rumours for what felt like a long time to say that Manchester United were going to sign you. So for you, did you know it was going to happen? Did it feel like a dream? Did you think, I've just got to focus on playing for sporting?
3: Oh, at that time, I was lucky because I was working with the strongest agents in the, in the world. And then we had the connection with uh, a lot of important persons who was important in Manchester. Because at that time, Ronaldo was playing there and then he had a a similar story, you know. So he was playing for Sporting and then Ferguson went and bring him to Manchester. And Carlos Queiroz was there as well. He was Portuguese. And then all that can help a little bit, you know. Obviously, I was very excited and my agent, he asked me because I had so many teams to choose. I remember it was Chelsea, it was Arsenal, it was teams in, in, in Italy, Juventus, Inter, Bayern Munich, Madrid. I don't know if that was true, but it was in the news. Yeah. And um, I chose Manchester because the reasons they gave me that time and everything, the past was involved with me, gave me the reasons to go there. You know, all my story in, the, in behind told me to go to Manchester because it was a club where I, I have a, 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 a story in the, in the past before I moved to, to, to Manchester when I was a kid. So it was good. There wasn't only yourself, but there was also Anderson. He was at Porto.
2: And then a few months later, the pair are at Old Trafford and you both signed. Yes. Did you know much about Ando at the time? Obviously, I know playing against him, but...
3: no. He was in Porto like for a year. I don't remember exactly. I didn't know so much about Anderson. At that time, I, I knew he was a great player because as soon as he arrived in Porto, he was making the difference in the league. Yeah. So, um, yes, I knew who Anderson was, but um, we didn't meet, we, we was not friends at that time. Mm-hmm. I knew him as a player. And very fast, we met in Manchester at the same time and then we became friends. And we were living um, for a month in the same house with Cristiano, on Cristiano's house. And then it was fun for a month. We, we challenged a lot ourselves and we had so great moments, funny moments. And we helped each other so much. And that's why in the beginning was was not so, so hard for me. I, I believe for, uh, for, for Anderson too. Mm-hmm.
0: What were they like to live with? There must, have been some, there must be some good stories from living with Anderson and Cristiano.
3: Yes, uh, you know, Cristiano is is very competitive. And stay on his house for a day, that means he's challenging you anytime. (laughs) (laughs) He had a swim pool, he has a tennis court, a ping pong table. Sometimes we was competing, who knows who is telling the truth, who is uh, telling who is right about something. Every time was a discussion about to see who was right, who was better. The only time we're not playing was when, like, the nights come. We are here, sit on sofa, talking, and it disappeared. Christian disappeared. And then we learned that because in the morning, me and Anderson, we was, every time waking very tired, and then he was already two hours early <laughs> <laughs> on his computer, seeing the news. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because he was the only one who had a car there on the beginning, and then we, we had to be ready to go with him. But was was fantastic moment and uh, great mo- memories we have.
2: Yeah. Had you already met Ronaldo before?
3: Yes, yes. On national team, we was playing together national team. Yeah, because uh, my first uh, international game for national team was uh, when I was in uh, in Sporting. Uh, I think it was in my second uh, season as a professional, mm-hmm. and that was great because I had the opportunity to meet some. So many fantastic players, some players who I admire as a uh, child. Uh, When I was a child, I was a follower of Deco, uh, Manish, Costinha, Luis Boamort, And then they helped me on the beginning. They gave me a hand. But Cristiano was was special because he was young with so much quality. When I was looking to him, we we get close so fast. And people were saying we had the same style and we were together on the first days I arrived to national team. So that was easy. Yeah. Even more when I moved to Manchester. Mm -hmm.
1: So many people move to new countries. I mean, you've done it a lot of times, Nanny. over the last 15, 20 years. you've, You've moved around a lot, but that must have been so nice that you didn't have to really settle into home life in Manchester because you had Cristiano and Anderson. The only life you had to settle into really was the football. And even then, you already knew two of your teammates?
3: Yeah, it's amazing to have the opportunity to discover a little bit the world, this football world as well, yeah. and different cultures, uh, different cities. And I'm very happy to tell people I've been in so many different cities, so many different countries, and I I, I had the opportunity to learn uh, different language. Obviously, sometimes you don't speak perfect, but you can talk with anyone from that country. When people see in your eyes, you are trying your you can they can understand you it's much different and uh i took so much and so many uh, important things and some some so many good things on my journey on this different cities and now i can say the football was and still the best thing in my life because without football probably uh I would never had this opportunity to know and to meet some some so much great
0: persons and learn so much. Um, You touched on it a moment ago, and you said that you and Cristiano were often compared because you were sort of wingers and you were attackers, and you were really fast and very skillful. When you first joined United, did you like those comparisons or did you find them difficult?
3: Oh, a certain time was not affect me because my focus was not there. Mm-hmm. But uh, after when I I get more responsibility in the, in Manchester and when Cristiano left at the beginning it was a little bit difficult because there is lo- a lot of comparisons and um, it looks like you need to prove yourself every time you do the same or you are so good as him when you are the different player and then when you arrive and the people in the stadium the fans. They love you because they saw you something on you, something different, and they like that, that different thing. But after they start create something on their minds, they mu- it needs to be the other Christian. Now the, the new Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and a certain moment was a little bit difficult, but uh, very fast I, I learned how to protect myself and how to distract myself of that. And then I, I had great moments in, in Manchester yeah. I enjoyed so much my football. Obviously, I had uh, uh, some injuries in the middle. In certain moments, didn't let me to perform and maintain the consistency for so much, so so long as I want, I wanted, but uh, I still very happy for everything I did in that club. And then I I get with with all the fantastic players I played together, and the coaches and all the staff I met in that uh, great club, because for me, the most important is the beautiful and uh, the great moments where you, you, you passed. And uh, for me, in Manchester, I just have um, beautiful visions. I don't see uh, wrong moments or bad moments because I don't need. I'm so happy because I know that was one of the best moments in my life. And f- because of that, people still recognize me. People still love me still talk about what i did there so why why not thinking a positive Mm -hmm. and continue to love the game enjoy yourself still have dreams because i still have dreams i wanted to be better 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 better. i know probably i'm not going to be better but i put this in my head to to maintain the level and as much i can be closer to the level as before i know how will be always nanny for everyone you know
0: Yeah. yeah Perfect. Um, One of, uh, I wonder if this is a highlight that you think of as a beautiful moment or not. Your first goal against Spurs, where you got the ball quite far out and unleashed an absolute rocket, flew into the goal. We all celebrated wildly and thought, what an absolute signing, what an absolute strike. That was incredible. And then in the post-match match, uh, interview, Sir Alex Ferguson said it was Tevez's goal because it <laughs> stroked his head. Do you remember that? I remember. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw
3: everything. That's my goal. That No, no, no. And then for a couple of days, they was uh, playing with me, you know. Nani, I think it's uh, Tevez's goal. We uh, Look, 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 look. And, no, no chance. Sir. Tevez, come on, Tevez, please. Tell tell them. Tevez. And uh <laughs> And they were playing with me. It was, was was nice. That, that week was fantastic for me. It was the best week. My first goal. And that gave me so much confidence for the rest of the season. Can you... Well,
2: take going back to that actual goal, your celebration. Nobody... I don't think any Manchester United player had ever done anything like that before. Did the manager say anything about that? No. Because...
3: No. No. That, that was something in the pre-season. Because... I had a pain in one of my uh, foot and uh, I scored for my first goal in the preseason. And then I celebrate with the backflip and the other goal, the next game I score, I didn't do the backflip. So the people start saying, oh, Ferguson said, Nani cannot do that anymore. Uh. Uh, but it was not true. And as soon as we come back to the Premier League and my first goal, well, I was so excited. And I tried to do something different because normally I used to do just one backflip, you know? Yeah. And that day I tried to do something more difficult and then I did, I did the, the flick but, uh, first and then the mortal. I don't know how you guys say. <laughs> <laughs> what, was it, what was it like working under, under Sir Alex? That was perfect. It was perfect because it's a man who knows how to, to manage all the, the characters all the different age, all different personalities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my personality in that time I was young and was not easy. I know. And, um, I learned a lot and I, I changed a lot because that's his life. You must learn. And it was so important for me to have like gigs, schools, real Ferdinand, yeah. because they was there every time push me and tell me things. But at that time they were saying to me, I was not understanding what they was doing. And then I thought they didn't like me or they just every time might have mad on me because the things didn't go well, but they saw a lot of potential in me. Yeah. They saw on the training and they was believing a lot on me. And after I think two years or three years there, I started to listen a lot and try to do one thing is to listen. One thing is to listen and try to do what they, they say to you. Yeah. And then I tried to do what they were saying to me, like gigs. Gigs teach me uh, because we was playing in the same position and they were saying to me one day, I remember a couple of games saying, "Nani, you know, when you, you get a, a defender who are very tight, who mark you strong, always on you because they know you, you cannot turn. If you turn, you, it, it will be very difficult to, to get the ball from you. So they will be hard on you. So you wait a little bit and you change. Sometimes you stay inside and you stay a little bit inside. Sometimes you stay long, wait, wait, Nani, wait, take your time. But the time you get the ball will be a time. You will be free and that is your time. And it teaches me a lot of things. It teaches me how to make runs behind the timing. So I was listening to everything. I was listening, I was trying to do, but sometimes my style of the game was not matching with what he was saying. But I recognized that. But from that words, from seeing schools playing from Rio Ferdinand, Advice, VDH, I train a lot with VDH 1v1s. It was breaking my ankles, just friendly <laughs> training. But uh, why would you was, do that? It was, he said, <laughs> no, because it was hard, it's intense. But I understand now, it's no purpose. We are training. And me, I was strong as well. But that, that was hurting after the, the session because you feel the pain. At the moment, you, are, you feel hot, it's no problem. <laughs> but um, I learned a lot. Evra was one of the best friends I, I had in, uh, in Manchester because it was every time when I needed it, was there give me some advice and make me come down and think what I have to do positive. And it was like a brother. Mm-hmm. It was good. I, I, all, all players in Man United, I had fantastic moments. The one thing I, I, I enjoyed more was what I learned. What happened on the field, stay on the field. And then outside is another life, another thing. We, as a team, this is private, but we used to fight a lot in the training. Yeah. But fight, not fight, is like this challenge hard, everyone, and someone didn't like and say, hey, come on, what you doing? And then look, going close to the fight and then others uh, separate. But from there, we go outside, uh, Outside, go to the gym or inside the, the facility, and then it's gone. Yeah. That's why we was champion. That's why... We was the, the hardest team to beat because every time the, the time arrived and we had to be a real team to beat anyone who was there. And that's why I get a lot of experience from that time of life I, I, I live in, uh, in, in Manchester. I spoke, I spoke to Wes
2: this morning. Yes, Wes Brown. And Wes says he used to love to smash you.
3: Yes. Is that right? He loved to smash me, <laughs> but he uh, was a great guy as well. Yeah, yeah. We had so great moments. My wife was a um, good friend of uh, his wife. Yeah, Liam. We yeah. used to to be together in, in, in parties on Christmas. And <laughs> it was fantastic as well. I could say Manchester anyone in the team was great for me. And uh, they helped. They helped a lot. John O'Shea, yeah. Wes Brown, all these older players. They had like a mission. I don't know if it was someone who was telling them to to say, oh, "Come on, go talk with him now today," because he need or say something important. Tell him this. But everyone had something to say. Fletcher, even Johnny Evans, <laughs> he, he, for sure he will remember. Uh, we had uh, some situation in the training because he's a defender and he trained very hard as well. But we never uh, uh, had. A, uh, uh, we never stopped talk out of the, the, the field. And they invite me to a poker in the house, but I was not much to go out of my house in, in Manchester because the weather didn't give me so much options. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I, I miss. More I talk, more I miss, more I remember the moments. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> I love just how positive you are, Nani, about everything yeah. uh, to do with your life at Manchester United. Your first year, Incredible that you join the club and then you go on to win Champions League. That surely is what dreams are made of.
3: Yeah. To tell you the truth, my biggest dream at the beginning was to arrive one of the best teams in the world. That was my dream, to be a perfect, to play on TV. People see me uh, and feel the same I was feeling for Figo or the other fantastic players, Portugal had, or Ronaldinho, uh, Ronaldo phenomenal. Because I was following all these best players in the world at that time. And um, I wanted to be professional. As soon as I arrived there, it's so many information you start get. From the club, from the teammates, from the coach. And then you, you change and you forget what you really wanted before. Because you want different things at that, in that moment. So as soon as I arrived in, uh, in Portugal, I remember one coach uh, in Portugal. In Portugal. Um, uh, at the professional in the Sporting Lisbon my coach my first coach in, the, in juniors after he was my coach in the in the first team and my first title for Sporting was in um, with a, was a, with him in juniors and then I, I, I won a, a cup before I moved to Manchester and then he told me something when the news was there he said Nani you really want to leave the club now? I said coach listen sometimes you know the opportunities is just one and the train If he passed, we don't know when he's going to pass again. So I think, yes, that's my decision. I I think I have to go. I have to go. And then he said, okay, that is your decision. If you think you are ready to go. Look, there is a difference between players who leave the club and go to other teams without winning nothing before. And there is a difference when players move, but before they move, win something. And we had the final of uh, the Portuguese Cup the next week. And then he said, so make sure you win this cup and then you can go. I said, yes, okay, no problem. And that game was unbelievable. It was against Bolognese. And the game was very difficult, very deep. They was playing very well, but I was so excited. I was playing a lot. I was running a lot. I was feeling so strong. And there is a moment in the game where I thought I was done from my dreams, from everything. When a guy with this helmet hit me on one of my eyes. And then I was blind. I couldn't see nothing. And I was telling the doctor, "I cannot see nothing. Come on, come on, look at the doctor, I cannot see." Crying. <laughs> come on, I need, I need to see. He said, "Relax, relax." He put me water, and after a couple of seconds, I start to see again. And then I relaxed. And then he said, "Okay, okay, you must come out." I said, "No, no, 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 no. I cannot go out." And I come back on the field. It was zero zero. And I start to play with more hunger. I start to perform better. And then I, I catch the ball and I dribble two players. And from there, I, I shoot very strong. And the ball rebound, I think, um, Lee Edson it was our striker. a score. And we won 1-0. And at the end, the coach came to me and he said, you see, this is what I was talking with you. Good luck on your next challenge. And that was a moment where it makes a lot of difference for me to understand what is the dreams, what we are doing in that moment, what we have to do, what is more
0: important. Did any of that go through your mind before you had to take your penalty in the Champions League final?
3: No, it was a lot that was almost one year after.
0: <laughs> what was it like? Did you did you feel did you feel calm or did you feel nervous? Because you looked very relaxed.
3: Yeah, it looks very relaxed, but it's not like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. But um,
3: if you ask me, you, did you have confidence? Yeah, yeah, I was confident to score that penalty. But Obviously, the one part of your body will shake a little bit. You are a little bit nervous. And the goalkeeper, Petr Shea, was so big in the goal that make you a little bit more nervous. Mm-hmm. But thanks God, was everything at the end went okay.
2: Did you know before on which way you was going? No. No?
3: I just thought, <laughs> yeah. Let me don't invent nothing. Let me choose one, one corner and hit it strong. And normally the players can hit more strong that. One is across. Yeah. yeah. And he was nearly catching the ball, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was so lucky. Did Ronaldo take the penalty before you? And he lost,
0: or was it after you?
3: was before me, but... Uh,
0: exact. Yeah, he, he was number three. He was third in the order, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But someone took before us, before, no? One penalty before me, or not?
0: Yeah, uh, Owen Hargreaves, I think. Yeah. Yes, yes. He
3: scores. So... Less pressure. Yeah, less
0: pressure. It's <laughs> both. <laughs> <Yeah, I suppose. laughs> it was never
2: going to be your
1: fault. One game, Nanny, that must stand out to you: uh, the FA Cup win over Arsenal. A goal, two assists, and man of the match. And I think you might have annoyed a few Arsenal fans too. Is that a game you remember fondly?
3: <laughs> yeah, that game was four. I think Fletcher was nearly scored a trick, or he scored a trick.
0: Yeah, he scored two. Yeah, yeah, he scored two. Yeah,
3: yeah, I remember. This was uh, that that game is a is a game. I will never forget because it was fantastic. And from there, all my friends were saying, <laughs> "We have a, a a word in Portuguese. We say when you you play with someone and you beat them every time, or you play good always with them, is is your biscuit, you know." And they they used to say, "Nani Arsenal is your biscuit." <laughs> so every time you kill them, mm-hmm. you play well. And there Arsenal was a team who who was making me every time excited because it was a team who let you play, you know, not very hard defensively. And uh, they, they used to play good football as well. And then normally me, I was able to play better and perform better with the kind of these this teams, you know. And I uh, remember I scored a great goal with my left foot uh, with Carrick. Great pass from Carrick. And I made two assists to Fletcher. He scored two headers, you know. That was amazing. Yeah, that was uh, one of the the beautiful games I played for for Manchester. And obviously, juggling in the middle of our mm-hmm. our half half pitch was a little bit uh, provoked the Arsenal fans and the players. But I swear, I had no intention to do to do that. I was just focused on what happened that moment. I mm-hmm. kicked the ball high, and then I tried to control the ball, and I had the pressure from other player, and then I was juggling. To find a way to get get away off that player. but was dangerous where I was doing that because if I lost the ball in that moment, they could score a goal.
0: It looked great. Did Sir Alex mention it? Did he say anything after the game about doing that?
3: No, I I think he was. uh, He was very happy with the performance because there was when I show them, they could count on me on important games, Mm -hmm. and that was true because the majority of the games I played against. Big teams in Premier League. I always show myself uh, uh, present. You know.
2: I guess that the um, the next big milestone for you was when Cristiano left. Did he speak to you about leaving? And um, how did you feel about him actually leaving? Did you think, right? Thank God he's gone. I can now. <laughs> I can I can now step up to the plate.
3: No, to tell it the truth, uh, I never thought in that possibility. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it, Cristiano now leaves. And then for me, it's better. No, because I was enjoying the moment with him. We understand every day together, we were best friends. We used to stay at the end of the the training session and stay there, do something, a competition, crossbar, uh, or penalties. And uh, that was my teammates. You know, everyone have best friends or feel more confident with someone. Yeah. Probably because we speak the same language. And that, that moment, that was the support, you know? Some days he was telling us a little bit open and say, yeah, I'm here already six, seven years. Yeah, I think it's enough for me. He said that a couple of times, but uh, I will see, I will see, I will see. Yeah. But we never thought it was going to happen so fast. Uh, But after we won on the second year, the league and he left, uh, uh, it produced a uh, a great season. He scored a lot of goals and um, was surprised. Yeah. Well, I think everyone was in vacation when the news came out, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, uh, with, we've talked about Cristiano a few times already. Uh, one question I am desperate to ask is, I think every football fan around the world has seen the video clip where Ronaldo beats, you're playing for Portugal, and he beats three or four <laughs> Spanish defenders, and he sort of spoon flicks the ball, it goes over Ica Casillas, and then you head it on, on the line and then he has a really big strop and he throws his armband on the floor. What happened? And um, was he angry with you, really?
3: No, I think he was angry with the referee. Everyone took it wrong. He was angry hungry with the referee because the ball was already in and they made a bad decision. Yeah. Imagine if, if the ball was not in and then I took it before. I touched it before. I was not offside, if you, if you, if you see that vision. But obviously, I, I had no intention to take the goal from him. I say I, I told him sorry in that moment because it was a beautiful goal. And for me, that goal still exists. If you if you just need to cut the part that touched the ball in the in, inside, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks God, he don't need that goal to be who he are. And he have so many goals to choose and yeah, and still enjoy his career and the the fans as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's done okay. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Now if I can just ask you about your relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how he dealt with characters what was your personal relationship like with him compared to some of your teammates for example and how he treated you
3: I was at the beginning I was uh, very scared of him like a father you know to make a mistake or say something wrong because sometimes interact with him I I don't know if what I'm going to say he will like I would see him talking with other, other players. I wanted to involve, but what I'm going to say, maybe I say something, you know? And um, I was scared of him until I learned the way he are. and understand. And it, until he came more to, to, to... Because I was more able to express myself. My English never been perfect, and I think it never going to be. <laughs> but in that time, it was worse than now. And he, when he found... I could speak more with him and then he came to me and give me a little bit more uh, attention. And from there, I learned more about Sir Alex Ferguson, what he wanted to do, who he are. And uh, yeah, the relationship started to be better. And uh, I, I even took him one time because he was my neighbor. So I took him because we used to go to London by train. And I don't know if his wife or some of his family Used to left uh, leave him in uh, in the train in the train station. So on the way back, he has no uh, driver to to took him, and then he was looking always for someone who lives close to him to to <laughs> give him a ride. And then I said, okay, uh, uh, boss, I can take you home. <laughs> but that day, <laughs> it's so funny. Believe me, <laughs> the day I took him home was after a game against uh, Fulham away, and I was in the bench. It was one one. And then he put me on the field and uh, I give assist. And then I was playing unbelievable with a lot of confidence. And then we, we suffered a penalty. And then it was supposed Ryan Giggs take the penalty. And then I just feel confident. I, I grabbed the ball and Giggs didn't say nothing. Yeah, come on, take it. I took the penalty and I missed. <laughs> <laughs> and after, after they score and we draw 2-2 and the penalty should be the 3-2. We are going back home. And that day, I said, boss, yes, I can take you home. <laughs> I drove him home, but he didn't talk with me in the car. <laughs> because in the dressing room, he killed me. He said, Nani, who you think you are? Who gave you the permission to take the penalty? Ryan. And then he killed uh, uh, Ryan Giggs because he said, Ryan, why you letting him take the penalty? <laughs> and I said, well, he, took, uh, he, he grabbed the ball and let him. But, oh my God, that day was incredible. I took it home and then I feel very confident driving home.
1: Did you? Did he sit, were you driving your own car or was your wife driving?
3: No, it was me, it was me, my own car. So
1: you were both in the front seat together?
3: Yes, yes, <laughs> but we were not talking, we were not talking. Awkward.
1: <laughs> how, how long of the journey was that? More than five minutes? <laughs> It was 10 minutes, I think,
3: from... uh, Quite a long time. No, Maxfield or Stockport. Stockport or Maxfield
0: until... Oh, Stockport, that's (laughs) even longer. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: (laughs) But Um, you always felt like you could go to Sir Alex with your problems or issues?
3: Yes, yes, yeah. It was amazing so many times. If I had to do something in Portugal and if I prefer to treat with my physios who have been treated for many years, uh, in Portugal, and I feel more confident to treat with them. And I explain the reasons and ask him, he will say yes, because he likes the, honest, the to be honest and uh, he wants he want you to to talk with him, to communicate with him, because you show more respect. And so as soon as I learned that, my relationship with him was much better.
2: Can you remember the goal at the Emirates? He was getting booed every time he touched the ball. With yellow... Yellow boots. Yeah. The cheap, Yeah. Was it the yellow boots? Is that is that why, yeah? And then you came inside, split two defenders, yeah, passed another defender and you dinked the keeper? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. That was great. Tell, that was tell great. me the truth. Tell me the truth. <laughs> Did you mean it? <laughs> of
3: course. Why not? I saw the goalkeeper. I tell you, I mean it to put the ball in the second post because Jason Park was coming. Yeah. But the, my intention is both because if you see the way I chip, I put a little bit of uh, side effect, spin. You
0: know? yeah.
3: yeah, side spin, <laughs> and then it was perfect. That is the way you try things in a game. So I cannot tell you I was not thinking to do that because mm-hmm. if I don't say nothing, you will not say. You will say yes, unbelievable goal, perfect. You not say oh, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know?
2: Was that one of your best goals for United?
3: To tell you the truth, I I don't feel that. No, I, I was a play. I enjoy more score from outside the box, mm-hmm. the Rockets, like they say there yeah, in, yeah. in in Manchester, I, I was enjoying more these kind of goals. And the ones I start to score a lot, the, the small chips when the goalkeeper come out and then yeah, just yeah. just chip. Yes, I, I scored a couple and then that was, for me, the ones who may satisfy me more, you know, if, if it's the, the best word.
0: Mm-hmm. A goal that doesn't quite fit into either category wasn't from outside the box. It wasn't a rocket. And it wasn't a chip. But it was very clever against Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham, where yeah. Where Aurelio Gomez, yeah, you uh, thought he'd fouled you. You put your hand on the ball. Mark Klattenberg's the referee, says, no, play on. He rolls the ball out. It's right in front of you, so you just tap it in the open goal.
3: Yeah, because there was a situation. I don't know. I don't remember who passed me the ball. I think probably Carrick passed me the ball in the behind. I run with a defender, and then he pushed me, or he kicked me. It was a penalty. I, f- I felt. That is a penalty. And then I was very upset. But the referee, in that situation, because I think go- uh, Gomez catched the ball with the hand mm-hmm. and the referee just did this. So keep playing. Nothing. Nothing there. It's not a penalty. Leave-, leave him there in the floor. When I turned, I saw Gomez put the ball in the floor. So if the referee said, continue the game, did not whistle, that means I can go there and score. <laughs> 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 he was looking to me. <laughs> I just kicked the ball back to the goal as a goal. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: Nanny, you've had so many incredible highs at Manchester United. Was there any very difficult moments for you? I know you said earlier that you only look at the positives, but your long-term injury, was, was that a difficult time for you, for example? And how did you deal with that?
3: Yeah, it was very difficult in that, in that moment because that season was the season of the year of uh, the World Cup and I wanted to be there. And as soon as I got that big, injuries and the big, big injury, uh, the doctor was telling me that the time to recover was so long and then I didn't want because I needed to play to be select to the, the national team. And I was fighting after that. I was fighting. I was very frustrated because... I wanted to come back soon. And yeah, that was one of the frustrating times in, in, in Manchester because it was one after other, the injuries, you know. Yeah.
1: I think you will obviously remember the moment that you got sent off against Real Madrid. I think it was such a shocking moment and it was a very emotional occasion. I'm, I'm not sure if you were in the changing room watching, but Sir Alex Ferguson was trying to get the crowd going, the atmosphere going after you'd got sent off. Do you think part of him knew that this was going to be his last season then? And that's why he was so devastated that you got sent off in that game?
3: Yeah, because for sure, he he knew that was his last season because Hmm. for a couple of years before it was hearing some rumours, that's the Ferguson last year. And then it keeps going. That's last last uh, year for from, uh, from Ferkan, and he keep going. And that year was so special because he was doing great. He was doing well on the Champions League and even on the league. In that game, he knew if we beat Real Madrid, we will be uh, uh, um, the champion of, of again. So that was a big opportunity, and everyone knew that because we were so strong, and they found a way to send me off in that game, when I was playing very well, mm. was, I was making the difference in that game. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And uh, yeah, there was no reason to send me off. And even the uh, uh, Mourinho and, um, and, uh, and Ferguson, they come to me and they say, OK, no, no problem. We know it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Because I, I wanted, I apologize to the team. Even I knew... That was not my fault, no intention, nothing. Everyone saw I was looking to the ball. I was jumping, doing the Zidane control. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> and uh, But yes, they had to find something to help someone. Mm-hmm.
0: Another moment that I guess isn't a highlight is Sir Alex Ferguson leaving. How did you feel when he told you that he was going to leave and retire?
3: Yeah, when he, when he wanted to leave, I felt my, I, I myself, I want to leave too. Okay. Because I'm here so many years, now it's a new coach, and I think it's time for me to challenge myself in a different team. And then I, I, I had a big injury, I recovered, I went to the World Cup, and the, the season when I came back, I was already in my mind, I have to leave the club, that's it.
2: You, you leave Manchester United and you end up at uh, Fernabacher?
3: Yeah, I, I, I went before to Sporting. Sporting, yeah. And then I, the next year I went to uh, Fenerbahce. What, what was life
2: actually like having, having left Manchester United? Did you say you went to Sporting, then you went to Fenerbahce?
3: What was life like? So, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. It never will be the same when you leave Man United to play another club. Yeah, It's not the same. As a club, the structure, uh, the quality, everyone knows that. I'm not off- uh, offending nobody. People know that because that's why Man United is Man United you know, over the world. But it was great to come back to Sporting because I, I come back home as well. where close to my family, my friends. It was good to, to breathe a little bit, to, to, to recover, to get some energy back and motivation to found an, a new challenge. And to tell the truth was a great season for me in Sporting that, that, that year. Mm-hmm. I played very well my best season in, in Champions League I scored a couple of goals and uh, I enjoyed a lot of the football in that time
1: And if I can just ask you about I know you've touched on it a little bit but about leaving Manchester United was it a difficult decision for you? Obviously you went on loan firstly did you think you would come back or what was the feeling in your head?
3: Yeah it's always difficult it's always difficult because there's so much story behind and it's like you are leaving your home, your own home to find another one. The, the house you like, the house you, you got everything, your swimming pool, you, have, you, you made everything there and now you need to find another one. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Like I said, it's not the same when you leave a club like that with the, all the big name over the world, all the story, the big players, the big names was there with me. Never been the same. But, on the other hand, you get another things will compensate you and that's are the things who are make me never re- regret all my decisions so that's why i always say i'm positive everything i've done in my life and my career i'm very happy and i still motivate for for the future
0: mm-hmm. no regrets when you signed for fenenerbahce did anything particularly unusual happened? Because we spoke to Ronnie Johnson and he left United and went to Besiktas and he said when he was there, they sacrificed a goat. <laughs> Did anything like that happen when you joined Fenerbahce?
3: No, 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 no. But uh, happened something special. It scared me a little bit at the beginning, but it's beautiful and makes you feel strong, make, make, make you feel important. The day when I arrived to the airport was thousands of fans, outside singing very loud with lights with everything and for me to get in the car was very very difficult and I was scared because so many people and then as soon as I get inside the car people was jumping in the top of the car and hitting the car
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: crazy crazy and in my presentation in the in the stadium was amazing because there was a lot of fans there to see me and to welcome me. So was very good. Mm
0: -hmm. I know you say you want to keep getting better and you haven't finished yet and it sounds like you're enjoying life in Orlando. But when you think about your career, which are the moments where you think, yeah, I'm proud of that. I did that. That was great. I started winning big trophies at Man
3: United, but, you know, win a trophy for your country, your own country where you're born. It's like you are winning for your family, for your friends, for your background, because, you know, some people, they are your friend, but they don't like Manchester. They like Chelsea or City. Mm-hmm. But that moment, you know, everyone like when you are playing. So that was the best, the best moment in my career. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's the dream of any player in the world who want to win a trophy for them country. Mm-hmm.
1: And the highlight as a Manchester United player?
3: The highlight was the Champions League. was... The two first seasons was amazing because it uh, was all new for me and I started winning trophies. So easy. Not easy, with all the respect for other teams, but it looks easy because every competition we won mm. was like six or seven trophies we, was, we won. I don't know. I don't remember the first season. And the second season, we continued to, to win. Yeah, that was the best moment was the Champions League at with Man United because we knew the importance of that competition and the way we won and against who.
1: We have had a lot of people from that team on our podcasts and they say that the bond that you had together as a team was so great. Did you feel that when you first came in even though you were a relatively new player? Did you feel a really strong bond with that team in particular um, of all the clubs you've played for?
3: Yes, like I said, we fight we disagree on the field, but it was the strongest team I've been, because um, we knew the times to be together, to respect the players, to, be, to respect each other, when we had to enjoy together as well, because we used to do our celebrations, because we never had a day off, because the, 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 our boss was a very, very uh, hard person to give us a day off. So. It's just on Christmas or someone's birthday or um, Manchester uh, Foundations or um, galas. That was our opportunity to be together and drink a beer or sing. Because I remember uh, great moments in a Christmas party where I saw skulls singing with (laughs) drinking his beer. And then I had to sing as well and improvise something there. (laughs) Because uh, what did you sing? Yes, a little bit. Uh, what what song? <laughs> I improvise because uh, um, I like to. I think sometimes I, I can I can rap uh, uh, right. <laughs> a little bit and uh, Rio Ferdinand was pushing me a lot to do that and I say, come on, honey, now it's your turn. And then I I was doing in English. <laughs> so imagine that my English is horrible. So. <laughs> 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 they was laughing a lot so it was a great moment Brilliant.
0: you just mentioned uh, celebrations and you mentioned the boss and you told us that your highlight so far was winning Euros with your country what was it like when after collecting your medal, celebrating with the trophy you walked down the steps and the man that gave you your club highlights Sir Alex Ferguson was waiting to congratulate you on the steps
3: uh, it's difficult to explain but was uh, emotional because it was our boss there. And you see our boss there. Sometimes I used to go to my uh, living room where I have my medals and trophies. I look to the medals, and then it's very heavy. <laughs> when you have this medal in your hand, yeah, you have feelings, and, and the memories start coming. So that was fantastic. It was a great feeling having such an important person like Ferguson there looking to you so this is the one this is the champion so I was feeling the champion that moment (laughs)
1: Amazing Uh, Nani obviously you're in America at the moment you sound like you're enjoying life there what's what's next for you?
3: I don't know to tell you the truth (laughs) at this moment uh, (laughs) I don't know (laughs) at this no this moment I, I have a contract with the with Orlando City so I want to uh, to finish my contract with this club. And obviously during this time, I will think and prepare myself for what's next. So tell the truth, at this moment, I'm not ready for the next next step, but probably I'm preparing myself for the next, next uh, challenge.
0: Speaking of what's next, we'll let you go in just a second. So I'll ask one last question before we say goodbye. Who do you think of your former teammates would make a good guest for us on this podcast? We've had Darren Fletcher, we've had Patrice Evra, We've had Wes, we've had Dimitar Berbatov, but who do you think would be great?
3: Anyone, but uh, you know,
0: you know how Patrice Evra is. Yeah,
3: he thinks he's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure, you're gonna laugh
3: a little bit with him. Yeah. But um, what about Anderson? Anderson, I I don't know about Andres for a long time. I don't know what he's been doing. I just saw some picture on Instagram. is in the in the. Mauritians <laughs> islands, I don't know where. Where is? He's always on the beach. <laughs>
0: Cristiano, Cristiano. Yeah.
3: Ah, yes. Cristiano is. But, but you know, Cristiano now will be very serious. <laughs> you must. Uh, you know what I mean? Cristiano now with this all situations. Yeah. The pandemic. He have a lot of kids now. He's more focused on these kids. He don't have time. Believe me. Too many kids. You see. You see. He don't have time. He's been training with his kids. Yeah his is his daughter, with one arm
0: and the other on his back.
3: It's unbelievable, it's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> Lanny, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you, thank you for the invitation. It's been a real pleasure. was a pleasure for me, thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Say hi to Daniela. Say hi to Johnny Evans too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, it was so much fun, it was so much fun. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it a lot, thank you. Take care, mate. See you
3: guys, see you, have a good day.
0: A lot to go over there, wasn't there? But he's so positive.
1: Such a positive person. Yeah. You could tell that, though, I think, uh, a lot of the time when he was at the club. You know, even his celebrations and the way him and Anderson and Patrice Everett, they're always happy guys, weren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's it.
1: But he's just such a positive person, the way he talks. Like, he doesn't want to remember any negatives. I just love that about him.
0: Yeah. They just
2: ignore it all, I suppose, and you just get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And i tell you what, He's had an unbelievable career as well. Yeah, yeah. Some big medals. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: The story about giving Sir Alex a lift after missing the penalty against oh, Fulham was brilliant. One. That was a real highlight. Yeah. And also training and letting Vidic like, break his ankles. But <laughs> that was great.
2: It's becoming a little bit of a theme here that all the players talk about how hard training is mm-hmm. and how physical it is and how much you do get 10 bells of crap kicked out of you, to be fair. And there's never any animosity after training. Yeah. You know, as Danny said there, you know, you'd fight in training. We used to fight in training and argue and kick off and everything. But it's that one desire at the end that when you cross a white line on a Saturday, mm-hmm. they're, your, they're your teammates, they're your warriors who you, want, who you want by the side on every single game. I love
1: that. So good. Yeah. Brilliant podcast.
0: Um, we've got a few more emails, guys. Should we go through some? Yes, let's do it. Helen, you've got some, right?
1: Yes, Emmanuel Ita says, Hi to Sam, Maisie and Helen and everyone at the United Podcast. Um, I would like to thank you all for these amazing stories we get every week I recently discovered this podcast and as a United fan it's been amazing educating me on the true heroes of our amazing club and I can't stop listening I might also add that it has helped loads along with my schoolwork. work being an alternative to music it's really helped me with getting my work done <laughs> and I cannot thank you guys enough my favourite has been Lou Macari, learning about his life as a player and that wonderful moment in 99 I want us to end by saying thank you as I really do appreciate the work you do and you guys help us truly become united with much appreciation and hope for the best Emmanuel Eta and that's, he's in year 10 that would hey. make him about 14 15 15? yeah oh what a lovely email
0: beautiful yeah uh, got one here from Justin I just want to thank you all for the great content I'm from the United States and have been a United fan since the age of 8 when I joined a local club that named my team after Roy Keane <laughs> Roy Keane Rovers Roy wow. Keane FC either way good Uh, ever since then i started following United and still remember getting my first kit the 2007-2008 home kit with Scalzi on the back my favourite episodes consist of the most recent Skulls and Rashford combo a crossover featuring my all time and current favourite Reds and Berbers episode this podcast really helps fans like myself who hadn't had the chance to visit Old Trafford yet feel connected to the club and its players I would love it if you would do an episode with Park Ji Sung I think it'd be a unique perspective to get hearing about his upbringing and making it as a professional footballer from Asia the global reach of United going from UEFA Champions League winner to relegation with QPR as well as getting to know one of the more quiet and underrated players in recent history keep up the great content look forward to more Uh, Justin thank you very much we would love to get Park on so we will certainly try for you
1: I'll have to get Patrice under that one yeah Um, David McGee says loving the podcast so far love sitting down relaxing and listening to the amazing stories from past and present born in Salford 1992 as a ginge my (laughs) favourite player was obviously Paul Scholes that was his language not mine Uh, always the player on the back of every shirt I had all my mates called me Scholesy I would like to say that was a compliment to my playing abilities Um, but it definitely wasn't and it was down to being a short ginger lad (laughs) favourite podcast so far obviously the two with Scolsey and Brian Robson, my dad's favourite player. Would love to hear from Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs, two players who live and breathe united and obviously a massive part of my life watching them. All the best, David McGee. Thank you so much uh, for all of your emails as usual. Beautiful. If you do want to get in touch uh, do so in the usual way, Podcast at manunited.co.uk. That's U-T-D podcast at manunited.co.uk. I'm copying new songs, that's what you usually do. <laughs> I do, uh, the, I don't know why. <laughs> the address is in the show notes if you do need it. And as always, we really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to our podcasts. Guys, I'll see you again soon. I'm seeing you more than my own family at the moment.
2: <laughs> is that a good thing, bad thing?
1: Of course, the podcast family. What? Good. <laughs> a, good or bad. a good thing. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.
3: Bye. Take care.